Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's episode number 63 of the Audible Farm Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee is roasted right here in Iowa, and it, uh, it quite honestly, it's my favorite coffee. Uh, not just because it's roasted local, and not just because they sponsor the podcast that I host, but it is because... They're awesome. It's great coffee. It's delicious. They ship it to your house. It's not much more expensive than any other coffee you can buy, even the big box brands. So it's it's one of those things that you can you can spend the money and go local and not only that, but have amazing, delicious coffee shipped right to your door for a discount. What discount? Yeah, they're offering 20% off. You can save 20% on your order this week if you enter the code word MORBO. That's 20% off if you enter the code word MORBO on your Couchtown Coffee order. And, uh, they, you know, they do a lot of uh, codes and, and such, but they're, they're usually only good for a week. So if you're going to use the code word MORBO when you make an order, make your order between the 28th of November and the 4th of December, and boom, you've got yourself 20% off Couchtown Coffee. Uh, that pretty much means that uh, the shipping will go away, and you'll even save a little bit of scratch on top of that. So you're, you're getting a heck of a deal here from a local Iowa company that honestly doesn't really have to give you a discount if they don't want to, but they're cool, so they did. And uh, that's one of the reasons I love Couchtown Coffee, because they support local music, and they offer discounts on their amazing coffee. So check them out. I got links down below. Go to www.couchtowncoffee.com, find a coffee you like, enter the code word MORBO, and you can save 20%. Why is the code word MORBO this week? Well, I'll tell you. This week, I'm sitting down with MORBO. Uh, Who is MORBO, you might ask? Well, I'll tell you what. If you're in the Des Moines scene, you probably know MORBO. Uh, MORBO is, well, MORBO is a heck of a character, that's for sure. Um, we sat down, did a little podcast together. I went over to uh, Morbo's Dungeon, and we checked it out. I've I've never thought in a million years I'd be interviewing somebody that that uh, was uh, like I I talk about it in the podcast a little bit. I didn't think I was ever going to interview somebody that uh, was a was such a character. Uh, Morbo, uh, you know, and I I've said it in the podcast, and I I don't want to don't want to pull the veil back too much but morbo is a character being played by somebody and uh if we, the podcast gets a little hairy at some points i did a little editing to it i really didn't want to because because morbo is a character but at the same rate uh I didn't want to scare anybody off, so I did a little bit of editing to this one. It's not like there's a whole lot of adult content in here, but Morbo, like I said, Morbo is a heck of a character. Morbo's out there uh, just kind of doing the shock value thing. I uh, compared his stage presence somewhere between like that of maybe like Kiss meets Alice Cooper meets nightmare on elm street it's it's some wild stuff so uh you'll figure it out in the podcast i sit down with morbo in his dungeon and we discuss all sorts of things uh including uh the craziest shows he's been on some ridiculous stage antics uh his entourage of people that come to shows uh his banter with the audience at shows i mean it's it goes on and on and on morbo is not short of things to say and he regales us with some insane stories in this podcast so i hope you guys all like it uh, I, I do want to apologize to Morbo for editing down some of the podcast. I, I like to try and leave these as unedited as possible, but uh, because I do have a sponsor and because my listening audience is such a wide berth of people, 
Um, I have edited a handful of these down, so this one has been edited, but I do have the unedited version. So maybe, maybe someday I might release like a Patreon or something, and then you guys can all check out uh, the unedited versions of all these podcasts, because uh, some of them have been edited, some of them lighter than others, some of them heavier than others, but I just don't quite, uh, I don't want to make anybody mad. So I did the best I could to uh, leave the integrity of Morbo in this podcast while still editing down some of the things. I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. Morbo is uh, quite the character. So uh, check it out. You can hear me laughing and and just cheesing it up through this whole podcast because, like I said, Morbo is not short on words. And apparently I'm not either when it comes to this intro. So let's, uh, let's cut this down and uh, let's get talking to Morbo. This one's great. It's episode number 63 and I'm sitting down with Morbo. It's the Audible Farm Podcast. With your host... Peter Stockdale. Uh, sitting down today, and I'm joined by Morbo. Uh, Morbo, I've I've seen you. Uh, I guess I've seen you more than once. I forgot you were, you know, big part of Ghostbusters for a while, and that's uh, that was back in the day but i saw you recently on a show and uh i I didn't know too much about you i saw i saw some of your stuff on facebook you're very very good at posting things that are intriguing on facebook i try (laughs) but it was crazy uh you show up people are are hauling a casket on stage and all of a sudden morbo falls out of this casket you know and it's just that that to start a show that way is insane what is like give me the rundown what do you got going on in in the morbo scene today well first off that casket thing was a fluke i i stole a bunch of booze from behind the bar when nobody was looking i fell asleep in the casket came to on stage cut to fall out upside down bunch of people in front of me time to go that being said we don't have a show planned yet. We're working on new material, as always. Uh, just had a cur- another lineup change. Guitar players seem to be uh, something that I'm not very good at hanging on to. Our last guitar player disappeared in a freak energy explosion involving a homemade neutron accelerator. <laughs> <laughs> so Kobe Murray himself from the Astro Bastards is currently playing guitar for us. Dude, killer! Yeah, he's a good kid. Hopefully he lasts longer than the others. I think he's guitar player number six for me. So have all of your guitar players met freak accidents uh, in the ethereal whatever something something most of them just quit because they think i'm stupid (laughs) okay okay fair fair point uh i i will have to say though uh like it comes back down to how much attention you can garnish while you're doing what you're doing you're doing a very fine job of that i saw one of your videos on facebook was like well over five thousand views in like a week or so you know it's just that kind of stuff's just mind-blowing what uh what 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 goes on like when you're gonna film one of these videos what exactly is going through your mind um, when you're getting ready to film these? Because it's, it's really tough to tell exactly what's going on. Well, a creative mind is something uh, uh, in and of itself, but I find, I don't know, usually when I find myself, uh, you know, up to an important task, I, I just kind of, you know, fly by the seat of my pants and, and just, you know, make it up as I go along. So really, I, I just uh, attribute it to, to just freak chance. 
<laughs> freak chance or not it is it's very good stuff i uh i i enjoy it because it's it's one of those things it's like an explosive element you never know what's going to happen next even if you get to see a thumbnail you're still just like oh this is going to be good because you don't know where this is going you know it's one of one of those kind of things and uh you know on top of that just like the music you're playing and 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 making and performing live while you're doing uh ridiculous stunts up there you know you're doing all sorts of crazy stuff uh people are involved uh whether or not they're they're fans or or part of your experience that that you bring to the stage it's 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 a really wild thing uh, it's it's crazy that uh as we discussed a little bit before this that you said you a lot of it is just kind of somewhat off the cuff you know it's uh it's just what happens happens yeah it's uh that's just morbo being morbo then pretty much you know some of it we think about ahead of time but most of our gags and stunts go south really fast because we just <laughs> don't really practice that much and it's not really what you're doing or, or the music you're playing it's it's how you're doing it and how you're playing it that that really matters because I'd be willing to bet that if you listen to the audio to any one of our shows, uh, it would be terrible. <laughs> yeah, but that's like just the thing, though. I remember like when I saw you playing with Morbo, it was such an awesome show that I was so entranced that the audio was... It's not like it t- played second fiddle, you know, no joke in there because it's music, but it's not like it was It was secondary to everything else that was going on, but it was such a, an experience that I guess I never... I didn't even think about like the quality of audio like you're considering it. Yeah, I just, I guess the whole thing is I just, I've been playing music for a long time uh, in the city and, you know, around the country. And and, uh, I just got sick of the same old, you know, four or five guys hanging out on stage, you know, acting cool for the other bands that have four or five guys that act cool on stage. And I guess I just kind of got over the whole pretentiousness and the boring sausage party on stage. Look look how long my hair is and look at how black my clothes are and and listen to our guitar player play every fret on on his high string at every chance he gets it just it didn't do it for me so i i just figured you know i'm just kind of done you know trying to impress people and and you know if people don't like us i think that's even better because you know everybody likes these cool bands and if i'm in a band that nobody likes you know then then we must be doing something right <laughs> I think it's kind of crazy because even though you're trying to say that like you you kind of just threw trying to jump into the popularity contest to the side and just did your own thing and didn't care about anybody liking you, but people clearly like you. You've got a, a pretty decent following of people. I think it's just because it's different. You know, you don't know what to expect and it's just, you know, it's classic punk rock music and it's really straightforward. It's easily identifiable music and, and uh, uh, there, there's something to look at other than just, you know, some out of shape dudes on stage <laughs> oh my gosh yeah i i feel like a lot of what you're saying describes a uh, a lot of my life uh for example the <laughs> my clothes are blacker than your clothes thing was like my entire 20s you know i i totally fit into that and it's it's so tough to like get away from that too because i still find myself just like nah man shredding guitar is the best it's the best you gotta play like you said every fret all the time you know uh, you know, play it at weird intervals. Let's make it really proggy and math rocky, you know, and I, it's it's still one of those things you enjoy that. But I mean, it's almost like uh, what you have going on is something like a Kiss meets Alice Cooper, but done in your own kind of way, because it's 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 you and not obviously it's not Alice Cooper. So you've got your own 
uh, group of people that, uh, you know, like we were talking earlier, like carry the casket on stage. You interact with these people more than once during the show. So uh, uh, explain to me some of the things you've, you've done uh, interacting with some people, whether, whether they be fans or uh, the people you bring with you to shows. It's very easy to entertain people when you have nothing but contempt for them and, and view them as simple-minded drones showing up to a show expecting to worship four or five dudes on stage standing there doing nothing but playing four or five dude music for the other bands and, and their girlfriends if they have them. <laughs> yeah, I love that because it explain it. it's looking at the, the scene in a very bleak fashion, but it's also like amazing... Um, uh, to let to let one of the cats out of the bag, you, I showed up to a show. We were playing. You were on the bill, and it was like like we were talking earlier. It was like a Tuesday night, and you were just like, "What are you doing here on a Tuesday?" Like seriously. And then it was like, "Wait, yeah, what am I doing?" Well, no, I'm playing, but what am I doing here? You know, and it's just kind of like made this big joke to all of us that were in the building, and it was it was funny. You know, you're just crap talking everybody. I distinctly remember looking out and seeing some knob holding a tall boy of Bud Light, scoffing at me. And I was like, you're the guy who's sitting here listening to some asshole in a cape when you could probably be doing something with your life. But oh no, look at you now. Your, your parents must be proud. <laughs> oh, and, I, and I feel like that personality that you bring, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, the perception of me as the listener is is it's you're playing a giant joke. Whether or not you're like a hundred percent serious could be another case. But at the same same sense, it's comical, and I and I dig it. That's part of what you have. I think that is so appealing. Is like we were talking earlier. You're not just up there playing music. You're up there doing all sorts of theatrics, yelling at people in the crowd, interacting with uh, uh, people that are like I, I keep saying like are are in your little entourage that are of your band and such and and it's it's not just music it's not just theatrics you're you're pretty funny like you're kind of a comedian whether or not you're trying to be I appreciate that <laughs> did you originally play guitars drums anything like that like what was your big introduction into the into the scene that uh helped transform everything into the morbo that is today well, I started playing in in seventh grade. We had a band called Chud, and and we were a straight edge hardcore band, even though we were not straight edge. Okay. And and we had great songs like Warriors of Satan or Epic of a Suburban Madman. Okay. To the tune of great old school East Coast hardcore. Our our influences were were very much Minor Threat, Black Flag, MC Five, Stooges, stuff like that. Um. It kind of evolved from there. We started a band called Black Market Fetus uh, way back when. Cool. Put cool. out a few tunes, and uh, towards the end of it, it just kind of seemed to get too serious and, and more of a duty, and the fun kind of melted out of it. And Cut to uh, a few years later, I, I decided to, to rehash uh, a lot of the old material that I had written uh, that I feel like maybe just didn't make the cut because it didn't quite fit into the the cool uh uh part of the the music that that we had kind of turned into so i took all of these more fun hardcore uh simpler driving blast beat songs and and started ghostbusters 
Yeah, man. I, it, st- I still remember the first time I saw Ghostbusters. I was like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's another one of those things that you could totally tell that was the be- that had to be like where Morbo started taking Morbo's form and, and becoming this thing that was... What exactly was going on in Ghostbusters? Because I only saw you guys one time, and it was maybe three years ago? Two or three years ago? That Ghostbusters was pretty much, like I said, uh, it started as a compilation of all of the songs that I had written over the years that I was just sitting on, and just kind of started to decide to do my own thing, and I really had a lot of influence from like like Sam Hain or, or uh, the bands that just get up on stage, cover themselves with blood, and just rock out. <laughs> and then what better idea to have than than a scantily clad woman uh, running around smashing things while we played. <laughs> um, so we kind of ran with that. And then after our third or fourth guitar player, uh, I decided to scrap the band entirely and uh, 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 turn it into Morbo. Uh, Morbo has been uh, my name on every release I've played on uh, since I've been recording and in bands. Uh, early nickname uh so i just kind of decided to have it more of a character driven act that's that's awesome man i can i can start to see kind of like i i will have to agree with you that some of the playing music becomes more of a duty than it does to be mondo enjoyable and i can totally see how that could be just make you just all right i'm gonna i'm gonna try and do something a little bit different because i mean you can just consider that with anything in life after you do so much of anything you kind of just like well i mean i'm i'm tired of just doing this one thing i've always been doing the whole time i gotta switch this up a little bit and you start to just transform into this this i i don't it's so hard for me to describe what your stage show is verbal you know like verbally describe it to people um it's has does it change every single show i really the only thing i try to do on purpose is never the same thing twice okay all right so whether it's just coming up with something just before we go on or thinking about something for months in between shows uh the the only point that we do have is to have it be different every time how many shows do you usually end up playing? Like, uh, do you play like a show every couple of months usually, or like one a month, or every couple of months at the most? Helps keep things two fre- three months. Helps keep we, things fresh. Or? We don't want to overdo it because it's just. In previous bands, we used to play every show that popped up. I've been in bands where we've played every show that popped up, and and it, it just stagnates, and you just start having your shows be your practice and. You never write new material, and you start forgetting songs because you don't have a chance to practice. You stop doing set lists, and then passion becomes duty, and that's just that's just the end of it. Yeah, man, I that's a beautiful that's a beautiful way to become it. Uh, you know, just to say, you know, passion becomes duty. I've I, I take something away from every single podcast I talk to somebody with, and I feel like that's going to be what I take away from this one is that that beautiful little tidbit right there. That and uh, syphilis does eventually make a person go insane. <laughs> um, should we touch on the topic or no? <laughs> no. <laughs> we'll leave that in Eastern Russia. Eastern Russia, jeez. The Bering Strait. Oh man, dark days indeed. <laughs> so, so you do have uh, some some ladies that are are with you when you're on stage. Um, at least, at least one in particular. Hello, uh, dog. Well, His lady and and Lucy or Lucifer. Lucy, they're, they're my my evil henchwomen who do my bidding. 
Which generally includes running through the crowd and stealing drinks. That was, yes. Oh, my gosh. That is beautiful. I remember seeing that. Um, oh, man. It is, it is insane. I remember. <laughs> Now that you say this, it's all starting to flood back to me, because it's been about it's been about I'd say a year since I've seen you, um, uh, as Morbo just just wrecking the stage. I remember once uh, uh, one of your henchwomen went out and and just got like five bucks from somebody, and then just like brought it back to you and gave it to you, <laughs> and it was like you know like give me a drink or something. And some I don't have a drink. Well, then give me five bucks and. <laughs> gives gives him five or the guy gives her five bucks smart man you know it's god that's just the craziest thing i absolutely love the fact that some some bands can do exactly what what you're doing and just and just let it all out on stage um we actually make most of our money for for the goofy gags and merchandise from the henchwomen after our sets they um allow people to staple money to them uh to put into the band fund oh god damn how do, how do you end up running across uh uh henchwomen uh how does one how does one get henchwomen I don't know. They've just always kind of been there, I, I guess. <laughs> they came with the cape. They came with. Cape. I gotta go find me a cape. Is that anything like, uh, like Frank Costanza's lawyer in Seinfeld? You know, he's wearing the cape, walking around. I wonder if he had henchwomen. I, I don't understand the reference. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh man, uh, Seinfeld's my show. My my bad. My bad. Um. So uh, we we're uh, gonna be joined by one of the henchwomen, I assume. For... I just caught word. Uh, she apparently is not going to make it. Is out henching, doing some henchwomen activities. Was unable to solve the riddle at the bridge. Oh. Whatever that means. Ooh. That's very cryptic. Yeah. So Well, we, we hope the best for her. That's a, that's a long travel. It must be to... To solve a riddle at the bridge. I wonder. I wonder if there's somebody at the bridge cutting off the pass. Hmm. This is a this is a very interesting podcast. I've never really uh, sat down and and done a podcast with uh, somebody quite as characteristically involved as you are. And uh, it's 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 one of those things. I I'm still just I. For me, uh, for me, for me, I don't really know how to like uh, formulate this thing where I, I don't have, when I go on stage, I pretty much just go on stage to play guitar and, and move around a little bit and uh, be the guy with that like blue hydro dipped guitar, you know, and everyone's like, ooh, nice It guitar. is a sweet guitar, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's nice, but, <laughs> but it's still just one of those things where like, I'm not, I'm not out there putting everything out there like you are. I mean, you're, you're doing a full on performance. Have you played like every instrument at a show before? I want to say I've seen that happen maybe. Yeah, uh, I do most of the writing on guitar, which is ironic because it is far and away my weakest instrument. Uh, huh. When I write a song, it's it's really just framework for for drums and vocals. And uh, I don't I don't know if you can hear my words or not, but they're just mostly about monsters and and killing people and ghosts and stuff like that. So usually I get a a, a cryptic line stuck in my head, and then and then I write a song around that. Okay. Ooh. With my my sausage fingers on my Les Paul, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, as as the longer we keep talking about this, the more of your personality that is just coming out of my subconscious. That I remember seeing uh, a show where you were playing one time, um, and 
everyone around, like you were, I don't want to say like, maybe you were like murdering people that were in the band with you. You were just like, everyone in the band around you slowly started dying one by one. And then you just start, you just pick up their instrument and be like, I guess I'm playing bass now, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, do you remember that show at all? Or do you remember what was we, going we on? We try to integrate instrument switches in one way or another. And that's uh, that's mind blowing to me. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not undoable because most people can play most instruments, but to do it with like uh, stack a theatrical element on top of actually doing it, you know, it's just it's just it's wild, man. It makes it sound like a different band, I think, too. It's just another another layer of enjoyment. Oh yeah, or, totally. Or disparity, however you want to look at it. <laughs> yeah, true. Because we played a show in Omaha's Ghostbusters once, and and we did the instrument switching. And and it was an NYDM show, and I guess we weren't cool enough. Okay. Because we were playing with, there was two girls who who rid up, rode up there with us, and and the entire bar in the other room was packed with really cool looking heavy metal biker vests. Okay. And ironically, not a single motorcycle in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's that's something. I was scared to get on a motorcycle though. You know, like I guess. There's more bow ride motorcycles. Fear is the mind killer. Oh God! Oh God! Wisdom for oh shoot! I kicked kicked a microphone. That's wisdom from Morbo, which is you're dropping a lot of tidbits here, and I, I guess I didn't think that I was going to be learning from Morbo. You're almost like the the modern day Fred Rogers, you know. <laughs> I do enjoy puppets. <laughs> you, uh, I could just imagine Morbo coming home, taking his cape off, and putting on some sort of like deep V sweater vest thing. <laughs> my smoking robe smoking robe beautiful beautiful i i'm honestly enjoying this so much it's uh super funny to sit down here and actually uh talk to morbo uh i've never i've never got to talk to you at a show i don't know whether or not i've actually been scared to talk to you at a show or uh or uh, i don't know i just honestly it shows let me let me put this back at you uh you were talking about how sometimes it shows this actually came up in my last podcast, how people can kind of just walk around with their chest poked out and sometimes not even know they're doing it. And sometimes I feel like my reclusiveness might be that. And uh, I, I don't know. Sometimes that kind of takes over and I go to shows. So not not that you noticed me in the crowd while you're yelling at all of us, but uh, <laughs> if I don't come up to you and say hi to you at a show, that's probably been why. I, yeah. I avoid social situations as well. Typically, I'm in the green room hanging out with the cool people. <laughs> and the other bands doing, you know, all the stuff you read about. <laughs> in Guitar World magazine and beyond. Yeah, stuff all, like that. All those stories about Ozzy Osbourne. Um, we're actually worshiping gods that we make up. <laughs> Let's do this. I, I got a couple of presents for you. Dude, this is this is insane. Black Market Fetus Midwest Meltdown. I got to talk about Black Market Fetus a little bit here. Um, I've only been playing in the Des Moines scene for about two or three years but i am well aware of black market fetus you guys uh you you all did some fine friggin' work that's all i gotta say you uh very well known and very very good at what you guys were doing it was a fluke we just drank a lot a lot a lot dude you and, and played punk rock there's your name and then we played punk rock faster and then we played it faster Okay. So we ended up with this crazy sounding speed punk that always felt felt like it was gonna fall apart and go tumbling down the stairs, but but never quite did. That's awesome. I was talking to uh, someone who was actually a drummer, and they were talking about that, how uh, 
punk if, if if it's the like kind of faster beat kind of punk it feels like it's it's leaning forward like while you're walking you know it's like oh geez you're almost trying to catch up with yourself so if you speed it up that much people don't realize this they they think my drumming is incredible on that album i was actually just dumping tennis balls on a drum set the entire time <laughs> oh my gosh that's insane i can't wait to t- put this thing on my turntable this is awesome Oh, man, there's an insert with it and everything. You got your name on the back here, right on the very first song on side A. We recently came across many, many copies of that LP from a storage unit from from one of the gentlemen, First Blood family, that, that uh, I don't know, apparently he forgot about or something. So we ended up with a cache of those things. They're, they're, we give them away like, like currency. This is awesome. This is brutal. This cover art is awesome, too. Jeff Metal, the late great Jeff Metal from Wastoid. This is cool. Great guy. This is super cool. Thanks, man. I appreciate this. Fun Wastoid story. Ross, the drummer, who's a huge source of inspiration to me. You think my blast beat is fast. Ross could outblast me in his sleep. He's Black Plague now. Okay. All right. Yeah. Great, great guy. Killer mustache. <laughs> Dude. Uh, I'm not going to let the secret out of the, out of the bag, but, but your blast beating, uh, from, from what I understand is, is, is badass and about to get badassier. <laughs> yes. uh, so for anybody that is listening to that, that if you're not entertained enough by ex- all this stuff that's been going on, go check it out at the next Morbo show. I built a, a device consisting of two snare drums. That will allow me to produce the the fastest blast. None of these cowardly gravity blasts that the grindcore dorks do. <laughs> Controlled is, chaos. Oh. True percussive fractals. This is going to be insane. I can't wait to see that. When is your next show? Do you guys have one coming up? We don't have one. We're, we're currently training a new guitar player. Nice. Nice. Got him locked up around here somewhere in the dungeon? No, or? he couldn't make it. I, apparently, he has a life. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. That's that's just the way it goes, though. And here I have the Morbo Breathalyzer split. This is the first what? release that Morbo has been on. Dude, this is killer. Yet another fantastic guitar player on that. Uh, on your Morbo on this one here? Yeah. Who was is, who is playing the guitars on this one? Uh, is. His name is Brent, though though I don't know how excited he'll be uh, for me to divulge that. <laughs> but he's a fantastic guitar player, and uh, I, I think he just maybe wasn't into the stage act, or uh, or someone chased him off. I, I don't know what happened. Yeah, I've seen. I when I saw you play one time, it was uh, Brent was playing guitar with you. I remember seeing him because I've seen him around the scene here and there too. So he, he was gone before the last note finished ringing out. At least he waited till the set was done. <laughs> and then Breathalyzer uh, is a, a great band from Ohio. Wacky. Uh, they are the current incarnation of one of my old favorites, Sockeye. Sockeye. That, that I grew up listening to. So it was great being on a split with those guys. Uh, not to mention Mortville Records, uh, which is a segue into the next thing I'm going to give you. I played drums on this with Captain Three Leg on the suppression split. Okay. Captain Three Leg suppression. This is crazy. From Mortville Records. Good stuff. Dude, this. This album cover, this Captain Three Leg album cover, is is wild. It's almost I, like I one think of those... it's one of those things you look at, and then like a like a deer appears or something, or a boat. 
Oh, no way. I am the worst at these. Either that or, or, or it's a really cool black metal band logo. Yeah, it's wild because you look at it and you're like, this is just a wicked drawing. And they're like, there's words in here. Maybe color by numbers. I, I don't know. I don't know. This is this is crazy cool. <laughs> I, I was about to drop another Seinfeld reference, but... Uh, that's a great That's a great split. <laughs> I don't want don't to get accused of torturing Morbo. He's usually the one torturing everybody else. It was fun recording with Captain Three-Leg because I've known Andy and Brian for a good number of years and been listening to those guys, and they asked me to play drums, and I was really excited about it. And uh, I went down to their studio in Ottumwa, and, and we didn't have any music written at all whatsoever. We just went into it cold. They're like, let's play this. Okay, do that that many times, and then and then play this, and then we'll do that. And then we did that with drums and bass, and then we listened to it and wrote lyrics to it and then laid guitar over it, and it, it turned out really cool. I had never recorded like that before. That's awesome. Sometimes I feel like that kind of stuff can actually bring out a whole new beast of its own that you never would have come up with originally. It is pretty cool. That, that's awesome. That's really cool, man. And here's some expired prophylactics. Oh, sweet. Awesome. The funny thing about those prophylactics is, is a friend of mine's boyfriend was making a dress entirely out of white condoms. And, I, and he did. And, and he had thousands of them left over. So he gave them. They were a gift to Morbo from, <laughs> from Gabe in his fantastic latex gown. I, I want to say I remember seeing that online somewhere. I had to have. I, it, it rings a bell. It rings a bell. A talented and handsome young man. <laughs> uh, Gabe, who, which was the Gabe? Do you know? Uh, was his... I don't remember his All last right. name. Yeah. I, I, remember, I swear I remember seeing that online. So that had to have made its rounds around. <laughs> Dude, Morbo's coming bearing gifts. Uh, you got Facebook, correct? That's where I see all your goodies. Morbo five one five. Yes, five one five for the area code right here. In, That's correct. In Des Moines. Instagram is currently in limbo. There is no Morbo Instagram. So if you find one, it's not Morbo's Instagram. All right. So you probably won't get tagged on Instagram, but we'll we'll share your Facebook at least. That way, everyone can check out your next show. Uh, I'm already looking forward to it. Just, just sitting down, getting to know you a little bit. Uh, you're a little less scary than when I initially thought you were going to be. So I think going to see your next show, I'm, I'm going to enjoy it so much and, and not cower in as much fear in the back corner as I as I did at the last Feel one. Feel free to boo and throw things. <laughs> I'll have to uh, remember to bring some tomatoes or something, <laughs> some toast, something. Man. Bottles of gasoline. Bottles of gasoline. Corn just, gas. Just, just bags of money. You know, whatever whatever you got. You're supposed to use ethanol because it's better for the environment. <laughs> oh, well, you know. All right. I'll bring some ethanol with me. Pure refined ethanol. Um, <clears throat> when, you were, uh, when you were baby Morbo, <laughs> when Morbo was itty bitty bitty, what got you uh, to pick up your first uh, ukulele or whatever you decided to first start playing? My dad had a, a sparkly blue Remo drum set in the basement. Ooh, nice. And I got into Flipper and Mud Honey pretty early on. And uh, that, that kind of segued more into the uh, Black Flags and, and uh, you know, those types of bands, Circle Jerks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. That's uh that's a crazy thing. How young were you when you first uh when you first started playing guitar? Like when you could play like your first song or whatever? Uh sixth or seventh grade. My friend Chad had a Sisonics guitar that we got at Sears that had a built in speaker. 
uh, and a whammy bar. Woo. And it took a nine volt battery <laughs> and it sounded terrible. So we made terrible music together. That sounds that sounds great. That's uh everybody's everybody's beginning, I feel like, is something kinda like that. But that is also what makes everybody's beginning so good. <laughs> got to got to play with that. Oh god, I've we, never we practiced in my parents' cedar closet. <laughs> in, in the closet because <laughs> Uh, is it just too loud anywhere else, or is it just... Uh... It was the only place they had let us do it. <laughs> we had a Singalodeon that we recorded our music on. Cool. We had a Nirvana cover. We had a song called Wall of Cool Stuff. A song called Kill Me. <laughs> classic. I mean, that one had to be an instant classic. Uh, right, right to the radio. Made it right through the FCC. <laughs> PMRC and everybody else. <laughs> it, it got some radio play in Guatemala. Nice, nice. Oh man, I'm sure they're very thankful for that. You guys ever? Uh, what's the? What's like the? What? What would you think would be like the coolest show you've played on it? Because you've played uh, not just in the Morbo scene that I've that I remember, but you were playing for so much longer uh, in the scene before I, you know, ever showed up. I think my favorite shows were in Canada. You play shows in Canada for real? With Black Market Fetus. Uh, no way. We played once in Quebec. Sweet. And and it was uh, th- this just bizarre little town that, that kind of reminded me of a college town mm-hmm. with with no college and with a median IQ hovering somewhere in the 40s. <laughs> and I remember the first thing was pulling into a gas station and the gas was sold by the leader, and we're like, oh, man, that's so weird. And, and we, were, we were all but 17, 18 years old, and we went in, and we bought all of this beer, lots and lots of wildcat lager that came in plastic two liters, <clears throat> and they had really sh- bad pizza up there. <laughs> that was no joke. Buy one, get five free <laughs> for the equivalent of four American dollars. <laughs> and it was the worst pizza I had ever had in my entire life, but it was next to free. So we played this big, I don't know, concert hall or something that at a very large stage, we were on tour with Catheter and Henio from Colorado. Cool. And so... Our bass player passed out, locked in the ba- in the van with with our gear. As we were going on, we pay- we played on catheters equipment, which was unwieldy and ridiculous. And our guitar player played bass. Who you know, we found out then and there he couldn't play bass. And uh, our our other guitar player, you know, he he was actually he did all right. Hats off to him. But by the time we had done, by the time we were done with our third song. The only people in the room were the sound guy and the guys in Catheter and Henyo who were laughing at us and throwing stuff at us. Oh, God. But we still got paid. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> and we sold a lot of merch somehow. <laughs> That's wild. I went to an after-hours bar that was just some dude's living room, and they just started feeding me poutine. <laughs> and I ate so much poutine... I couldn't believe it, and it was rejuvenating, and, and I ate poutine back to sobriety. <laughs> Dude, when I went up to Canada, that was like the greatest thing I ever got was poutine. Uh, if you don't know what it is, it's like uh, 
cheese curds over french fries with like gravy you know pretty much is the gist of it it was like beef gravy yes. sort of but also kind of barbecue sauce yes it was delicious and all these hipsters here try to recreate it and they try to put all sorts of cool cheese and put it on actual plates no it's crappy french fries thin packaged gravy and and cheese curds and <laughs> and, and it needs to be served on paper in a, in a plastic boat <laughs> dude when i went up there i went into a, a shop that was about the size of this small room in your dungeon down here and it was it, it was crazy that i was like i want some poutine and the guy's like all right it'll, it'll be about 30 minutes and i'm like 30 minutes he built a wood fire and heated up gravy that he was like making there right on the spot for it and i'm like what do you do and it was good but you know i was i was also like one in a million finding a place like that incredible food up there unless you're eating pizza <laughs> i'll take that to heart i don't think i ate pizza in canada the nope. second time we played Canada was in Winnipeg. Cool. And it and it was a, a radio-sponsored uh, heavy metal festival with a band called F the Facts. Okay. And this drummer was incredible. And, and I, I went and asked him. I don't think I'd ever played for that many people before, but I went and asked this drummer how long he's been he's been playing drums. And, and his response was like, oh, yeah, so, like, right, I, I was, like, you know, I was playing guitar, you know, and, and so, like, I couldn't find a drummer, you know, so so I just decided to start, you know, playing drums, right? <laughs> like, okay, fair enough. How long ago was that? <laughs> oh, about six months, eh? What? Like, man, I quit. <laughs> I always feel like Canadians are bred differently than Americans in the simple fact that they can just pull stuff off like that in some weird fashion. Like, why are you all so good at like acting and and athletics and and music and and everything else? They have a high standard of living up there. <laughs> Cheap housing, free school, healthcare. They don't have a whole lot to worry about, so they just write awesome music and awesome movies and and, and what have you. Yeah, run across the country and just do all sorts of crazy things. I, I want to say there was somebody made like a hitchhiker, like a robot that was an inanimate robot that they <laughs> they're trying to hitchhike from one end of Canada to the next, and you were just supposed to like use social media to track it. I I, I remember that. I think I remember seeing that. I want to say like when it came to America, it got broken. Like, you know, like who does that? <laughs> Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Remember one guy got shot in Canada from a stray bullet from Detroit. <laughs> what? For <laughs> it's true. For real? The only Canadian homicide came from across the lake. Oh, my God. <laughs> God. The uh, rest were hunting accidents and, and bears, probably. I hear Detroit's actually kicking more ass now than it, than it was. I haven't been in a while. I haven't been in a while. It's been at least 10 years since I went. I remember going... Unfortunately, that was like 2009 when everything kind of hit the crapper tank. But I had a good time in Detroit. Yeah, you, you how many sh you played in Detroit before? Or? Never played in Detroit. No. I got family, had family in Detroit. Cool, cool. That's awesome, man. So uh, let's see what we got so far here. We got about 40 minutes in. Is there anybody that uh, you as Morbo want to uh, give shout-outs to or discuss on the on the podcast here? Or? Oh man. No, uh, Morville Records guys have been great. Andy and Brian are great. Uh, Sump Pump Records, those guys are great. Yep, yep, definitely. Rat at the Underground Rock Shop has oh. always always taken great care of us. His oh, yeah. new venue is incredible. I haven't been to it yet. Yeah, it's it's something to check out. Cool. Everybody was freaked out at a show in the mall, but it was actually a really cool thing. Yeah, it's in the mall now. That's right. That's cool. Merle Hay Mall. Cool, man. That's really sweet. Yeah. Who's... <laughs> 
This new shop is incredible. Yeah, if you guys have never been to uh, Rats Underground Records, is you still call it Rats Underground Records? Yes. Yeah, so uh, it's uh, it's at the mall now. Check it out. It's really cool. It's a cool place. I got uh, all sorts of old music-y kind of stuff and, and new music-y kind of stuff. And, and there's, a, there's a great rebath kiosk just down the hallway from his shop. So if you need to redo your, uh, your bathroom, uh, don't redo rebath it's not not a sponsor (laughs) oh my gosh this is too hilarious i uh i've never like i've i've got to say this one more time to everybody i've never sat down and and interviewed somebody uh as i don't want to say flavorful as you are you know it's uh it's it's crazy to sit down and interview somebody that is is such a character um and, and you seem to pull it off flawlessly it's not it's just weird to have this uh this part of you just come out when you're out there performing and, and doing these things. And I'm, I'm not trying to like pull the veil back and say, there's actually like a real person in there, but uh, it's, it's just wild to think that like Morbo has, has transformed from what it started. Cause I'm sure you didn't start out as the guy with the Cape. Morbo did. You did for when real? When I started doing the band. Yeah. When we started doing the band Morbo. It was just a bunch of crap I had laying around my basement. Okay. So it wasn't until it wasn't until uh, you left Ghostbusters and started your own thing that this really started taking off. Then yeah, all right. So uh, bef- jo- Josh has been with me since Ghostbusters, and he's he's been pretty much the the only consistent over over the past couple of years. Him him and uh, Lucifer. Those have been the two. Yeah. Um, who else you got with you right now? Then in in the band, let's give him a Kobe. Moment. Kobe, that's that's then, what you got, dude. Kobe is such a cool guy. And then Aaron Carlo helps us out on bass. Nice, yeah. nice. He usually dies after two or three songs into it. <laughs> dude, that is so killer. Like that kind of stuff is is. I mean, it just comes back to my mind doesn't think like that. So when I go see that kind of stuff live, it's so fun and so. Uh, like invigorating mentally just because it's simply like I it's not something I could ever even think of you know so it's it's like it's almost like reading a, a book and you're just like man how do these people sit down and think of this stuff you know it's you're taken to a place you didn't actually think you're gonna go uh, you were down and on your own own music a little bit earlier saying that sometimes you show up and if you listen to the audio recording it might be your least favorite part of the entire show but it it's it's like like I said, it's all part of this giant experience that I I enjoyed every single aspect of it. And I never thought ill of any of it just because of how interactive the whole entire experience was. It's it was almost like the the building or the venue got taken over for a while by by all of you. That's good to hear. I, I like I I like crappy music. When you hear bands make mistake, the the human element of error is the best part. That's that's the punk rock. The 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 room for the sleaze to slip through mm-hmm. when when music sounds too good it's like who, who are these dorks like what do they do just like hang out and play music all day and it's just it's it's uninspiring it makes the music not identifiable to me okay so i'm gonna spin something else past you so like i'm in three finger betty nothing we're playing is ludicrously technically sound at least oh, not fan, a- fantastic dead boys cover by the way oh thanks man i appreciate that uh, john will love to hear that uh speaking of which i did see john earlier told him i was gonna come swing by your your dungeon here and he told me to tell you hi so uh get a little shout out great from, drummer too get a little shout out from john yeah uh clint he's awesome I, and that's why i had to preface nothing i'm doing is technically uh, ridiculous because I'm not doing any of the any of the soloing outright I'm doing a little bits of fills here and there but I'm not doing any of the soloing that's Johnny John and uh, you know we got Clint on the drums and he's just going crazy but 
It's his drums look kind of small when when he sets them up like that. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe he needs to add another tom tom or a couple more cymbals or something. Yeah, he's he's. Uh, it's time to upgrade. I, I kid. He, he's a fantastic drummer. Great guy. <laughs> Dude, it's 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 great stuff. Um, I forgot where I was going. I was on a tangent here, and then we started talking. Uh, oh, we're talking about playing technical stuff. So nothing I'm playing is like ludicrously technical, but uh, I could stand still and not move around one tiny little inch and play it all perfectly for you if you want. But it wouldn't it be more fun if I'm like running from one side of the stage to the next, or like trying to like interact, or like you know headbanging with people in the front, or absolutely, or hamming it up a little bit, like. As as if you're Morbo out in the crowd watching Three Finger Betty play, wouldn't that be more fun than me just standing 100% completely still and playing the whole show? I, I think so. You know, I, I like I think two of my favorite performances ever were the Ramones in, in Lollapalooza. I think 96, cool. 94, 96. I forget. They played with Metallica, and that really solidified my opinion that that Metallica sucks now. <laughs> but the Ramones stood there, didn't move a muscle, all four of them in the blazing heat. It was probably 110 degrees, wearing their jeans and their leather jackets yeah. with their long hair. And the, the extent of their spa- stage banter was, one, two, three, four. And then they went into the next song. They did that for two hours straight in the <laughs> Iowa heat at the state fairgrounds. Oh, God. And that it, that stuck with me. Oh, man, yeah. So if you're just going to stand there, do that. Bring it. I was like, man, there's, there's a reason the Ramones are the Ramones, and, and nobody but the Ramones can do this. Exactly. And then one of my other favorite ones was ZZ Top, of all people. Yeah. I, I remember being very young, and I don't remember where I saw them. Maybe the state fairgrounds, I don't know. But I remember even at a young age being able to tell that they were so wasted they could barely hold their instruments. <laughs> so here's ZZ Top that me, a young child, knew from the radio and, and was like, hey, I want to go see ZZ Top. Mm-hmm. And being able to realize that they were so heavily inebriated that that they couldn't even play their own instruments. Oh, God. It was fantastic. Dude, uh, ZZ Top is super fun live just for the simple fact that there's also some of those guys that don't really do a whole lot of moving around, but when they start to, like they've got a couple parts and a handful of songs with those swinging their guitars around. Bingo. Or they'll kind of like stand next to each other and they'll each just do a couple steps to the right and a couple steps to the left and give a little like hand shimmy and then back to the solo or something. It's that kind of wild stuff. I even like kind of dig on that, you know, just uh, anything the band can do that's interactive even a little bit either with themselves or somebody else it's i mean whether or not you think it is a band is kind of an interactive tool you know it's uh it's a unit and that's why i like with the kind of stuff that i do like i said writing songs like a framework is is the songs exist as a band and there isn't anybody dancing on top of it or trying to steal the show or or any guitar player trying to turn the ramp up to 11 when when everybody else is is at a reasonable six or seven and and it's just a, it's it's a difficult thing to do to be a good musician and to play below your ability so you can be playing along as a band yeah yeah i mean i wouldn't know anything about playing below my abilities cuz i'm i'm up at the peak of my abilities right now <laughs> no i but but seriously though i totally get what you're saying though uh it takes a little bit of certain something to sacrifice your your own 
Not not quite ego. your own. I was going to say ego, but I didn't it's know. It's exactly what it is. Right. It's not necessarily what you play that makes you a good musician. It's what you don't play that makes you a good musician. Yes. Being able to know when to shut the hell up and, and let, let things move along organically. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's that old adage that uh, music is actually just the space between the notes or something like that. Exactly. So I could see that coming into play quite a bit. I... This is this has been a really wickedly good conversation I've had with you so far. Uh, like I said, I'm I'm just sitting here like I don't know what you're thinking, but I've been like mildly just cheesing the whole time I've been sitting here talking. Just like kind of. I was thinking about this huge hot dog I saw this one time in L.A. Man, this thing was like two feet long, <clears throat> and I, I didn't eat it, but but I saw it. It was incredible. <laughs> God damn. That's why this has been uh, one of the most wildly entertaining uh, episodes I'm going to do. Cause they don't have blue relish in L.A. It's pretty much exclusively a Chicago thing. Is it really blue relish? Oh, yeah. What? Yeah, it's great. It's sweet relish thing. It has like mustard seeds in it or something like that. Yeah, it's good stuff. Wild. Yeah. You learn something new every day. God damn. There's this great hot dog stand right by the Greyhound Station in Chicago. You get the sport peppers and tomatoes and poppy seeds and the blue relish. Fantastic. That's wild. That's wild. We uh we're getting pretty close to an hour here on the podcast. Uh we've we've given everybody shout outs. We've talked a little bit about uh how you turn from baby Morbo into uh the Morbo we all know and love today. Uh we've we talked about some of your antics on stage, some of the craziest stuff you've done. Is there uh anything else you wanna you wanna give a shout out to? I don't know, maybe maybe my favorite local drummer is uh Nade uh from Agronex. Oh yeah, that, that that kid can blast. Another long-standing <laughs> band in the Des Moines area. I've seen them play. Yeah, and and they 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 pull it off. You know, there's there's black metal and there's whack metal, and these guys are definitely black metal. And, yeah. And, uh, and it, it just seems more genuine than than the than the trendy uh, cool guy black metal that you're running into these days. Yeah, man. I uh, God, I, I've like it's another band. I don't know how long they've been around, but I've I'm eight, five, ten, eight years somewhere in there. Well, I long know. enough. I don't know because I remember seeing them back when Dark Mirror was Dark Mirror was still a thing. Uh, yeah. Before they rejoined and re- remade and and started up again just recently. So, yeah, it's been you know maybe five years ago, five somewhere between five and ten years ago. I remember seeing those guys still on the scene. Looking forward to seeing Dark Mirror again. Dude, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Morbo again. Um, and, Me too. And, <laughs> in, in any capacity, it'd be a it'd be a great treat to see you out out and about. Did you guys play like a Halloween show? I feel like that would have been a great. great we did. That was at uh, Rats Underground. Dude, I missed it with Impaler. I missed it. What yeah. was I, what was I doing? That was so cool on Halloween. <laughs> it, it was a, a day or two before Halloween, I think. God, I. I suck. I've been bad at making plans and uh, and doing stuff lately. As far as weekends go and making it to shows, I uh, I used to make it to a lot of shows down here, and it's it's not happening anymore. Impaler brought it as always. Their guitar player broke his finger, and their and their new fantastic green room just before they went on, and and they still shredded. <laughs> his, his picking hand. That's he crazy. Broke his finger, still played. That's wild, man. That's uh that's really giving it too. Oh yeah. It's one of those things where you could easily just use it as a cop out, but I guess you're there to play, so why not, not play? Yeah, yeah, dude, that's wicked. What's the craziest thing you've played through? As far as you haven't ever had any wicked injuries that you were just like, oh man, I, I. We played Gilman Records down in the Bay Area, back with with Black Market Fetus, and well, I guess I have two 
Bay Area stories, but this one, I was up for two days drinking Steel Reserve between shows, and I passed out in the van, and nobody really told me that, you know, California gets cold at night, but it gets really hot really quick during the day. Mm-hmm. So I awoke in the van next to a girl under eight sleeping bags, just cooked <laughs> like a baby. I woke woke up, staggered out of the van, middle of the ghetto of Oakland, got yelled at by some guy for pissing on the van, went back in, rolled down all the windows, passed back out, and woke up being crowd surfed to my drum set in the middle of Gilman Records <laughs> that had been haphazardly set up by people who very obviously didn't play drums with the rest of the band waiting for me to play. <laughs> That's wild, man. Got all these crazy stories. That's one of those things that uh, you spend enough time in the music scene and go enough places, you probably have a bunch of stories like this, but I'll tell you what, that's that's probably one of the more wild stories I think I've ever heard is, is crowd surfing to your guitar or to your drum set and waking up to it. That would also be another thing that people don't think about. I feel like drums are one of those things that uh, you definitely need to be the person playing it to set the thing up. There's I mean, a lot of muscle memory, an inch this way or that way, and it just doesn't happen, especially yeah. when you're playing... 200 beats a minute no oh, yeah no kidding not enough uh not very much room for for error on symbols and and stuff i sing too so i'm always looking off to the side at the microphone or, yeah. or the lyrics i write down because i'm too dumb to remember <laughs> yeah that's uh that's another thing so you're not even looking at the kit while you're playing it you're just uh like, i practice with my eyes closed that's a good way to do it yeah play in the dark or something like that you know just uh for all the drummers, you close your eyes and you play air drums with your sticks, and then that's how you set your kit up. Is where you swing your stick with your eyes closed. That's where your cymbal goes. That's where your tom tom goes. That's brilliant. Yeah. God dang! I would have never thought of that. I think actually, uh, I think Dave Grohl actually said that. It might have been Dave Grohl. So I guess he's not all bad. <laughs> dude that's brilliant i i never thought about that and i've never fancied myself a a drummer in any fashion oh it's easy that's what that's what they all say but you know what i i just it's just if you want me to play anything this side of acdc uh, i i ain't got it man i just, just don't have it i don't know what the deal is um and and that's another thing is I feel like there's always a giant shortage of drummers. That's what everybody always complains about. Tell the me most. about it. There's no drummers, and I'm rolling through guitar players like freaking toothpicks. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. And I, I feel like if you sat down and, and did the all the podcast episodes I've done and was just like, are you a drummer or a, a whatever in a band, and you, you mapped them all out, I think I've probably interviewed more drummers than anybody else. <laughs> Somehow that's happened. That's because they don't do anything. They never get invited to the parties. <laughs> I guess our drummer's available for the podcast. <laughs> you yeah. talk to our drummer. I guess he represents us. Yeah, everyone else is out having a good time. Well, you're going to talk to the drummer. Or, or at their jobs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is awesome. Hanging out with our girlfriends. Yeah, they got a girlfriend. Drummer doesn't. Yeah. Uh, I guess it beats a, being a bass player. No, I'm just, I'm just totally kidding. We're just ripping on people. Just totally. Except for you drummers. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No. Dude, it's been a great time sitting down here talking with you, uh, shooting the shit, getting to know you a little bit, uh, just kind of hamming it up. It's 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 wild. I've never done an episode like this, so I hope everybody enjoys it as much as, as I've been sitting here. I don't know if you can tell in the audio recording, because uh, I haven't done any of the 
editing yet, but I've <laughs> I've been just cheesing this whole time, man. I don't know what, I don't know what to think about it. This has just been a really fun time sitting down talking with you. Um, I appreciate you taking time out of out of your day, uh, inviting me down to this little dungeon you got down here. It's the Beat Lab. The Beat Lab. I actually recorded the Sexy Bastards split down here with sexually aggressive silverbacks and and Astro Bastards. Dude, cool. Yeah. That's, uh, you can hear the, I think the Astro Bastards portion of that is like available online in places. I believe so. Nice. Nice. I love that recording. It sounds like a dirty basement. Yeah. I I did it on a four track analog recording. Sweet. Yeah. Dude, that's wicked cool. That's really cool. Mainly because I'm too dumb to, to work computers. (laughs) <laughs> it's not uh i'll tell you what there's a lot more goes into recording than i ever thought uh would once i started recording things especially what with a podcast and all it's uh dude it's not it's not an easy feat and you did a pretty damn good job so so that's another thing i feel like that's a, a really cool service to be done uh, as far as helping out the the younger bands and i actually played drums on the sexually aggressive silverback side of that dude cool yeah because i know that they've uh that's kind of been their thing as, as far as you've got uh, the guitarist issue and they've got the drummer issue. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's pretty funny. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Thanks a lot. Uh, sitting down with me, uh, recording music, doing what you're doing out there, playing playing drums, doing the Morbo thing. It's insanely, insanely entertaining to watch you do what you're doing out there. So I just want to say thanks for doing it, well, man. Well, good to hear. Thanks for you doing the podcast. It's It's important. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Thank you. I'll uh, I'll I'll catch you at your next show. Uh, I'm make sure I gotta make sure I'm following you on Facebook. I'm 99% sure I am, but I gotta make sure I I have to be because I've seen I saw the videos. Oh God, I've seen the videos, so I'm I'm following you. I know I am. Everybody else, follow him. Morbo five one five. You're on Facebook. That's and, correct. And not currently on Instagram. And Bandcamp as well. Bandcamp, cool. Links on our Facebook page. Nice. That's perfect. That's good. All right, I'll put a link to the Facebook in the description section, so anybody interested, scroll down and check it out. Thank you. Yep, thanks, Morbo. All right, there's another episode in the bank. That was a... Uh, I told you guys at the beginning, this one would be interesting, and it definitely was. I've never sat down and interviewed somebody that stayed that much uh in tune to their character that they portray while they're performing as much as morbo had and uh you know i peeled the onion a little bit on this one but not too much i uh did a little bit of soft editing here and there to make sure that the episode went smoothly and i hope everybody enjoyed it as much as i did maybe someday that unedited version will surface maybe not uh we'll see we'll see I want to say thanks to Morbo for stopping by. Scroll down below and check out the links to Morbo. Uh, I got the Facebook there, so check it out. It's cool stuff. Go check them out live sometime if you're into the the horror and gore and uh, just that all-out Alice Cooper meets Kiss kind of performance, kind of crazy stuff going on. So check it out. It's really cool stuff. Uh, crazy good music, uh, crazy good show. Well worth it if you're into it. So check it out. Uh, I also want to say thanks to Couchtown Coffee. Make sure you enter that promo code MORBO to save 20% on your order this week at www.couchtown.com. Make sure you go to audiblefarm.com. Check out all things Audible Farm. There's a, you can play the podcast directly from the, the website there. There's also links to everything that we have podcast available-wise. It's uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. The Twitter's back online. Woohoo! So we got all sorts of links to everything that's Audible Farm there. 
You can check it all out, uh, www.audiblefarm.com. Scroll down to the bottom, drop us a line, let us know if you want to do an interview. I have a feeling there's going to be a decently higher amount of uh, Skype interviews coming in in the next few weeks, just kind of prepping me for the end of this school semester and uh, the holiday season in case I do any traveling, etc. So uh, check it out. I hope you guys enjoy the Skype podcast as much as I, I do. Uh, it's, it's a little bit easier to get in touch with people, not have to drive a million miles across the state just to talk to people. So uh, let me know what you think. Uh, I try to do a little mixture of both. We'll see what goes on. Um, next couple weeks, I got a couple good podcasts lined up, so uh, let's let's keep them coming. I hope I uh, hope you guys are all enjoying it. So check out the website, find out what we got going on there. Uh, I do have T-shirts available for sale still, and uh, more merch is uh, well. There will be an announcement later in the week, so check that out. I uh, want to say thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks once again to Morbo. Thank you to our sponsor, Couchtown Coffee. We'll check you next week. Appreciate it, everybody. Peace.